0: Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. So, the only thing left to say is, You win? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via our participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and time supply. See McDonald's. Go well, he's not been with us in the first uh, five league games, one cup game. But uh, I'm pleased to say that uh, Dave Febs has uh, surfaced from his mound of statistical analysis, and we're going to have I'll call it an early term report and discussion. Dave, welcome. How's the summer been for you? Yeah, it's been, been pretty good, really. Um, part you know, Weber's not been great, but I managed to get away to Cornwall for a, for a fortnight, which was quite nice just at the start of the season. Um, and I guess it's it's nice to be back watching games in the ground. So, yeah, how about yourself? Yeah, no, I mean, haven't had any uh, time away as such, but uh, plenty of time in the garden. Been a few decent bits of sun. But, uh, I mean, things do seem to be getting back to normal in uh, general, although normal for Bristol City, based on the last 12 months, was sort of not very good. But, uh, I mean, we've got seven points from the first five league games. Um that's not a bad start, really, is it? No, I think it's, it's always going to be a bit of a, a difficult one for us. You know, we, we all know we had last season so badly. A lot of doubts creeping in from fans around, you know, appointment at Nigel Pearson. And I think you just have to give it, give it some time. Um, I, I managed to watch all of the pre-season games minus the first half of the Plymouth game. And I just saw a gradual change through those games in terms of the way, you know, Nigel Pearson's style was starting to come through. But, you know, going into the league games, league games is a different kettle of fish. And, and I think most most fans would, even those that were a bit knee-jerk after kind of Black uh, Blackpool and, the, and then um, Borough, would probably reflect back on that and say, yeah, there probably were some signs that we were improving in those those first couple of games and now we're starting to get you know a few results or a couple of results to to, to go to go with it so i think it's kind of what's the expression You're slowly slowly catching monkey and i think that's kind of where we are at the moment yeah. you know we're gradually building we're gradually looking better we're, we're looking more and more like a team each week we look competitive every week and i, I think those are the, the kind of good good things if I, you know i don't think we're going to play Attractive free flow in football under Nigel Pearson, you know, but we might in bits of games. But I don't think that we're going to be much more attritional, much more hard working. And uh, I think that's yeah. what we need to kind of adapt to as fans. Is this is you know, this is not going to be Joe Jordan's whatever it was, 1989-90 team where you know, David Smith on playing. the wing and uh, Robbie and Bob up front, Mark Gavin on the other side. Yeah. Harry Shelton, Dave Rennie. Uh, sorry, that's my dog barking when the postman comes to the door. There in the background. Obviously agrees. That's not got my <laughs> grumbling stomach. Yeah, I mean you're right. I mean it's we. we I mean, do you think our fitness levels are, are, are up because this was the big problem before uh, under the old regime? Yeah, I, I think we look stronger. I, I think it's always difficult for as a fan to, to to you know evaluate fitness levels. I will say last year too many games i thought we started well there was a lot of games we didn't start brightly but in the games where we started brightly it lasted for about 15-20 minutes and then it was almost like the first opposition attack we'd concede and, and you know we went to went to pieces from from there um so i do think there were some problems with, with fitness but i think we're we're more physical as well so and i think that helps as well so you know we're, we're not we seem to be a bit more efficient in our you know running around as, as well we're not just you know we're, we're playing as a team and I think that helps all the fitness as well and the people aren't being dragged around all over the, all over the place as well so I'd like to think we're fitter I, I don't think I can necessarily evidence it though that's the, that's the problem although good to see Dave Rennie posting today they've been back in for their kind of international break checks and some of the guys have set kind of new personal bests and, you know, and everyone's at least at the right level. So, you know, that that's a really good sign good, as well. No, that's a good thing. I mean, we'll ignore the uh, exit to uh, Forest Green Rovers in the Cup because, I mean, you know, that phrase, let's focus on the league. Yeah, let's focus on the league. And the prime objective is to finish outside the bottom three. I think, you know, it wouldn't be too presumptive to say, I don't think we'll go down this year just based on what we've seen so far. And if you look at the Blackpool game, I mean, it felt like a defeat because three minutes, yeah, well, 30 seconds, a 1-0 win. And if every other result had been replicated, you know, you're on nine points in the first five games and happy days type of thing. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Nigel's got a fixed idea about the shape of the team, hasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, very much so. And he's addressed I mean, it's a back four, whichever way, you, you know, he, he, I mean, last week we got against Cardiff. Last week we did have the, uh, the holy trinity of, uh, of uh, Callas, Baker and Atkinson. He would argue, and you might say he's absolutely right, that Baker was playing as a left back. Uh, do you think that was strictly true with your more refined uh, approach to structure than I have? Yeah, I, I, absolutely. Back back four for me last week. Um, I, I think the last 10, 12 minutes or whatever, we might have gone actually to a back three when um, the silver came on. But for the, for the rest of the game, it was as back four or back four as you could get, in my opinion. Baker was left back, um, finer right back, and then Callison Atkinson and in the middle. And I, and I think, you know, niger has gone on record, hasn't he? He'll, he'll play with a back four as much as possible. You know, there might be odd occasions, you know, bits of game, perhaps, you know, just to see the game out like on Saturday where he might revert. But he's also said he needs the players and flexible players to be able to do that within game as well. And um, we, you know, we probably don't quite have that flexibility. Maybe um, the kind of fullbacks, wingbacks, maybe Pring's emergence might might change his view on that. And, And I guess we've just gone out and signed George Tanner as well, who certainly from... Clips I've watched of him uh, looks in his you know formative years that he's 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 decent on the ball and probably provides more attacking threat as a fullback than than perhaps defensive capability at this point. of I guess that would be one of the things he'd be brought in to try and try and improve his capability. Jack Hunt type better going forward. Yeah. And, uh, that's I interesting. The, I mean, the goals that City have conceded there's been an annoying similarity about all of them. Um, Mm -hmm. and even the one that we conceded against Cardiff at the weekend, which was probably, I would say, the best all-round performance of a Nigel Pearson side that we've uh, seen since he's been here. Um, But they seem to come in that gap between the fullback and the right central defence. And signing Tanner, that really means that he is a specialist in that role, but we've had Simpson and Viner in that right flank Mm -hmm. position. Do you think that's, you know, bringing in a player like Tanner, he's not better than what we've got, or is he? Because, you know, if he's better than what we've got, he's got that berth straight away ahead of both of those. Yeah? What do you think? Yeah, yeah, and I think he's, you know, I hate to use the expression he's one for the future, but I think it's we're probably looking at a kind of transition that, you know, We've gone in with Simpson and, and Viner, and I, I think Viner's his first choice, and I think Simpson. He'll use where we want a bit of experience, uh, give Zach a rest, etc. And then he did that for a couple of games. But interestingly, that you know, off the back of those those two games that Simpson played, we then go to Cardiff and, and, and Viner gets his place back. So I think Viner's his number one. I think Simpson's an adequate cover. I think Simpson's played played fine in his in his couple of games. He's the kind of uh, one of the scapegoats, I think, for the City fans, but I don't think he's let anyone down there. No. Um, so Viner's come back in. And then I think if you look at it beyond Christmas, if you try and put a timeline on it, you're probably thinking, well, Danny Simpson, I know he's got another year option on his contract. I imagine that's probably going to be based on appearances. If he hits so many, he'll probably get an automatic renewal. But we're probably looking beyond, you know, next summer and thinking, if Zach does well at right back, We need another one to provide that competition maybe for when Danny Simpson's contract expires. I think it's just, for once, it's us getting ahead of the game in the recruitment rather than being reactionary. I think we're being proactive and saying, this guy's available. We can get him at a sensible price now. Let's get him in and let's just see how he goes. And you know, just use this season to get him up to speed so that when we really need him, he's ready. If he breaks through before that, I think that's a bonus and that's the way I'd look at it. Yeah, I mean Zach Viner. He suffers, I guess, through being that old uh, term. You don't hear it so much these days of utility player because he can play midfield, he can play central defence, and he can play right back. I would argue that he is a good player uh, to have in the squad, but you sh- and, and a good player to have in the match day eighteen. But you really want people and have people, um, particularly if Atkinson blossoms, that are better in all of those positions than, than, than he is. Yeah. I mean, he's the, backup yeah. And you know, we're, we've got height with Taylor Moore going out through the door. We've got to hope that Robbie Cundy is going to be fit because he's that right side. If he's not, Zach wouldn't let us down there, but, you know, were uh, Tanner to emerge and make that place his own, Zach is that utility player, isn't he? Yeah. And maybe good, yeah. excellent league one player. Um, yeah but maybe not quite up to it from championship standard? Or am I being harsh? Um, I might be harsh in words, but I, I totally get your, your, your view on that and, you know, and, and agree to an extent. I think last season, there was a point, I don't know, something like 15 games in where I think he played every minute of every game. And then throughout the rest of the season, he probably played 40-odd games last season and was near on probably until the last few games of the season or you know, later on under Nigel Pearce. He was an automatic starter every week, and I guess you might say, well, that probably highlights maybe where as a squad we're not strong enough. That Zach, so I think he's a decent decent player, but he's probably in that group of players where they're all of a, a similarish ability, and you could pick whoever you want in there. And therefore, for Zach to be playing every week is probably a reflection that we're not strong enough as a squad because, you know, we've, we've got to play him every week. I, I said right at the start of summer, I think Nigel Pearson made some comment that, you know, we need to tie Zach down to a position. And that was really my cue to say, I think he's going to play him right back. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, was the, my kind of posts over the summer around recruitment was, well, I think, you know, he's going to offer Danny Simpson a new contract. He's got right back sorted. It might not be the most, you know, fantastic right back pairing that we've got um, but is one less position he doesn't need to rush into recruitment and I think that's how how you know it, it's seen I know we're moving on to recruitment a bit there but I think I actually think Zach right back is going to be his career position I think that's where he's where yeah. he's going to play if it's for us fantastic and he, you know, and, he, and he plays well for us great you know interestingly you know the weekend very few people who've been jumping on him and saying you know he's not you know he's not good enough not, not many people were, were making many comments on Saturday after his performance where he had a pretty solid game he did set up he set the, first, up the goal. first goal as well didn't he yeah, and so. that's him he's always got that pass in him and I think yeah if it's if it's a criticism it's just it's that focus sometimes that seems to be lacking that he loses he just you know he makes positional yeah he yeah, gets caught one-on-one a little bit too mm. too readily um and I think, you know, going back to your point about that gap between right centre back and, you know, and right back, you traditionally, our right backs, you know, going back to like the Flint days, played really, really narrow to protect Flint. And yeah. I think, you know, we, we get criticised first saying, oh, you know, we don't stop enough crosses coming on. But when we then push our full backs wide, we create space in that little, little channel as well. So it's a bit, you know. You just got to watch that. I mean, it's. it's, yeah. it's yeah, I mean the the um, the 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 way that the back four have uh, started, and it is a back four. Uh, one of the other big pluses that's come out of it um, has been the emergence of, uh, of of Cameron Pring, isn't it? Because you know, yeah. I would say from purely physicality point of view um, that we okay if if Baker's playing at left back, and that accommodates our three best. Defenders the way it was set up against Cardiff, yeah. um, but you know if Baker is in the middle, uh, Pring I would put Pring ahead of De Silva at the moment just based on what we've seen so far. I, I got to say for for a guy who's made his first three championship appearances in, in our last three games, he's made a hell of an impact. It's been really really good to so say that physical that energy and and he's not playing that role as a kind of Left back playing left, left midfield or left wing. He's playing it as it needs to be played. And he's got to the byline and put crosses. Yeah, some of in. his crosses, and he's got crosses in early as well. <coughs> you know, I would say from twenty yards out on the flank, those curling crosses that come away that make it difficult for the keeper to decide whether to go for them, and that's been a plus, hasn't it? Yeah, he's. Um, uh, I think if you look at stats, he's he's something like tenth or twelfth in the championship for people with. A glorious term expected assists, um, which is no mean feat for some, you know, someone who's just come into the teams finding his way. I guess the, the next challenge for for Cam will be to last 90 minutes. I think he's putting everything into 70 minutes. And I'd rather someone went full tilt for 70 minutes than 80% for 90 minutes. Because then you can use a sub to bring him on. And I think that's really what we need. That's a good point you make there because again it comes back to fitness or is it stamina? Maybe they're the same thing. I don't know. But uh... For a young lad, Pring, in a couple of games, he was blowing after about, I think that's the term people use. You're thinking, <laughs> you know, like, you know, you're know, you're 20, 23, if that age is right. Yes, yeah, somebody was making a comment about getting ages right on Twitter. I don't think it was necessarily directed at us, but he's he's under 25. Um, yeah. And as a youngster, and he was puffing. Maybe, as you say, that's because he's given his all. And we said on the pod a couple of weeks ago that a Pring-Odowder uh, combo on the left is, is is good, but now that Baker was probably happy at playing at left-back, a Baker-Pring combo on the left, there's, there's not a lot going to yeah. get past those two, is there, I wouldn't thought. No, there was, there was one instance, I think it was quite early on the game on Saturday, where they pinged the ball out to uh, Bakuna on the right-hand side, and I thought he was, he's going to be up against uh, Baker, and he was actually Pring had come back in and filled in, and he went to go past Pring and Pring's kind of reaction to be able to track him back and get goal side of him and win the ball, I thought was a, you know one of the key parts. I think you know he protected Baker quite well um, in, in in that respect. So yeah, he got up and down, did exactly what you you want him to do. And you know crosses, he get you know there's always a couple of crosses in each game. I think I think in the build up to our goal in the kind of earlier phase, he was the guy breaking through for a Martin pass that didn't quite reach him. And I think there was a bit of a, you know, half hour attempt, uh, shake for a, for a penalty. So yeah, he's given us good energy, good physicality, but good technical ability as well. And I think you know it's a, been a real boost to see him come in and give us that. I think most people would have sat sat there, seen say oh, he's providing cover for Jada Silva, but he's given the manager a headache, which is what you want. Which is a present, which is a pleasant headache uh, to have. And I uh, wasn't... <coughs> A word for Thomas Catlas I say a word. I mean, everybody thought with his performances in the Euros, he'd be out through the door. Uh, you know, somebody would want him. Uh, but every match he's played for us, I think he didn't play in the first uh, game, but he's shown a commitment. And, you know, he looks some... Well, he's always looked some player, but he looks, maybe without the responsibility of captain as well, he looks up for it, doesn't he, Yes. Yeah, definitely. I think you can see his demeanour on the pitch. He looks like he's happy being a being a city player. I think, I think there was a post on OTIP this week, which was, you know, the good news is from this transfer window or deadline days we've not lost Thomas Callis. And I think that would have been a big player to try and replace, especially at short notice. And I think along with Dan Bentley as well, although he's probably not at the greatest start to the season, I think both of those two still being here, you know, help that spine of the team that Nigel wants. And I I think those are pretty key players to not lose in this window. So yeah, I think we're in, we're in decent shape. And if you look in the middle, um, Andy King, Matty James, and a resurgent, I described him as Duracell Bunny, but Masengo was one of the most improved players once Pearson came on board. But Masengo, he, he's got it about him and that, back heel that uh, set up Semenyo to cross. I mean, that's a pretty powerful midfield three there, isn't it? Yes? I think we've got options. You know, Tyreek Backinson, um, you know, on the bench or in some cases this season, that even got changed. So, you know, we've still got Joe Williams to come back as well. So, yeah, we've got plenty of depth in our in our midfield depending on how we, we want to play. Saying, I think the other thing about Masengo is, You know, I think a lot of people, and and probably rightly so, you know, they're going to question their goals and assists. Um, But I think there's been a few people said, you know, what is his true position? And I think what we're seeing, whether he plays in the centre of midfield or now we've got that option of playing him on the right, you could probably play him behind a striker if you like. I'm probably not so keen on that. But that playing him on the right, you can do a job there as well. You can come in and be narrow. You can almost be a bit like, you know, the Josh Brownhill type role of. 2017-18 2017-18 so I think what we've got now is we've got a bit of versatility in there as well so that we can flex how we pair people up in the midfield and I think that's quite a strong position to be in you know we've for too many years we've all you know moaned up we that you know our midfield gets gets too easily outnumbered or whatever you know we play play a two in there and it's you know it doesn't work well we've not looked like we've been Teams have been able to play through us this season, and we've played a two in there, and I think that that speaks dividends for um, how Andy King and Matty James have have done in there. I think King, most people were a bit meh about it in terms of a signing. Yeah, he's a City fan, but you know he's thirty-two. He's gonna, you know, what's he gonna offer us? And I think most people have changed their opinion. Say this is a guy who's got a lot of class. Does the just does the simple stuff really well and works yeah. well with other players. You know, Matt James is a is a really good player. I think he's 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 everything we hoped Gary O'Neill would be. However many seasons that was ago, but unfortunately, you know, Gary got well. Got we never saw that, the best of him, him at all, did we? Yeah, no, I mean, he was uh, he was a good good player. Yeah, and as you say, with uh, Williams to uh, come back in and Backinson around as well. I mean, the two players that went out in the window in the latter stages, and uh, we don't want to backtrack to defence, but Taylor Moore uh, hasn't featured in uh, reading, uh, I think, on uh, uh, Gregor's pages today. Taylor Moore hadn't featured in any starting lineup of a league game since Pearson had been here. So he obviously doesn't yeah. like, I say he doesn't like. He's not a fan of um, his... You wouldn't say Telemore is a hard man or anything like that. So he's got the hearts. Good luck to him and hope it goes permanent yeah. for him. Um, and Adam Nash going out through the door. He was a player that came and never really arrived. He always seemed to be more how well he was doing for Hungary and then a victim of Dr. Death and the backroom people. So, <laughs> no, those two going... No great loss at the end of the day, I don't think, in the overall no. stuff. Going not in forward. terms of the not in terms of the squad depth, Dave. No, I think, you know, assuming Robbie Cundy comes back and is fit, I think, you know, from from what what I've seen of I him, mean, he's much more a Nigel Pearson centre back than Taylor Moore is. And I think even though, you know, you look at Rob Atkinson as a footballing centre back, Nigel was giving kind of great um applaudits to him pre-season in terms of look he'll put his foot through the ball when he needs to and things like that. So I think Nige recognises him as a defender that can play. And of what he doesn't want is someone who can just play. He needs them to be able to defend as well. And that's mm. Taylor's weakness. I you know I'm not as down on Taylor Moore as a, as a lot a lot of people are. I think he's he's done okay for us. But I think we've got better and it's you know, he's not going to feature much. And I think Nigel is quite Brutal and, and honest with that brutality that is probably his career isn't here.
1: He needs yeah. to go away
0: and get 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 minutes elsewhere. I think so it's we don't look at the we don't look at creative hub of the side. And um, I say it again, he's got injured uh, in the first game. Uh, O'Dowda um, again. The way the side's shaping up at the moment, I think he's going to struggle to get in a starting lineup. And but the creative hub, Casey Palmer and Alex Scott, I mean, Alex Scott has been a revelation, hasn't he? I mean, he's just turned, was it just turned 18 this, yeah. this month? Yeah, a couple weeks month? ago, yeah. Just turned 18, and you know, which is about four years younger than Cam Pring, but has slotted in, and whilst he lacks a bit of physicality in terms of uh, muscle, some of his passing and, and what have you, you know, he, he's, well, thank goodness City signed his contract and extended it because he's got to be Premier League football player inside the next 24 months I would have said if he carries on with this rate of progress yeah he's, he's massively impressive in the you know I think you know he came in that kind of game and a half at the back end of last season didn't look overawed. came in and looked like he'd been playing in the championship for you know 50 games um he's young he's inexperienced but I think the thing that I've been really impressed with you know along with all the other stuff as well is is his kind of tactical awareness he's really he's really switched on you know he yeah. knows how to play the role that Nigel Pearson's but you know it's really easy to look at that first game of the season and think oh he's playing as the number 10 behind Chris Martin but he knew his role was to try and get alongside Chris to break through for flick-ons etc and that's probably a position he's not really played or you know a Parts of the role he's not really played in the past, where it's all been about getting on the ball and being creative. He's, you know, he's had to play almost like a second striker, and then in a couple of games he's played him wide on the on the right as well. And once again, he's shown tactical awareness to to play there and and not look. His out first, of the place his, well. his, his first touch sometimes is brilliant, and he can flick a ball. On, you know, nice little reverse pass a couple of times we've uh, yeah. we've seen that. And then we moved to the front and no signing came in in the transfer window. Um, Andy Vyman started this season a bit like he did. I think it was 2018 19 season where he had a flurry of goals right at the beginning. But uh, you've got to say, um, those two goals he scored, never mind the other goals, but the two goals he scored against. Um, Cardiff playing uh, well, Fox in, well, they were just goals of quality, weren't they? Both of them. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I so the first one you might have seen that I did one of my little video analyses of it and showed how he dragged Aiden Flint short and then peeled off him in, in behind him, and it was just what what Viman does. You know, people say he runs around a lot, or that's all he does is run around a lot. But and I, I hold think you're my only hands i've got it i've got it wrong i've got it wrong but anyway so he runs around a lot go back to what you were saying about the uh, the you know that example just shows actually it's intelligent running around a lot you know he, he knew exactly what he was doing and even to the point where the point he changed the angle of his run was at the point where viner had the ball under control could get his head up and actually spot the run and yeah it was just I guess from a coaching point of view, you'd say that's almost like the perfect perfect bit of movement. And obviously the second goal was out of this world, wasn't it? Really? You know, I mean most, ten charges most ten times. Does he clip it that well ten, 9 times out of ten or no, it's really? probably, it was probably, probably the one in ten, Dave, to be honest, in terms of striking as well as he did. He might still have scored on A couple, he might have missed it one into the other corner because or whatever, he had a but... chance like that against Blackpool in fairness in the opening game, didn't he? You know, it yeah, less... was probably 2 0 up, and he flashed it yeah. because it's one of those that you flash at it, yeah, because the yeah. speed the ball comes across. But, um, yeah, yeah, so I think he's, I think what he's done is he's probably taken the pressure off prioritization, the prioritization of a signing of, a, of another striker, yeah, because I think what he's done now. You know naki Wells got four goals for the under 23 yesterday. You know, okay, whole were a bit of a shambles at the back, but Wells will come in and, and do his do his job. I know he's not another player that city fans are probably not too too keen on, but I think once he gets his chance, he'll he'll show that he's he's capable and would play probably slightly differently if he plays, especially if it's he plays without Chris Martin and perhaps it's Vyman and Wells up front. Well it's think- interesting you say those two up front because I said um, again, in one of the early season pods, I go back and look at uh, sides. I, I'll, I'll go back. Well, look, look, at, look at United. Everybody remember these two. Dwight York and Andy Cole. They played as a two. They weren't yeah. big. They were bloody quick, weren't they? Yeah. yeah. And yeah I'm, I'm, sorry, go on. Yeah, I was going to say, And Chris Martin, he's done very well, but he's not a massive bloke. He looks bigger than what he actually is. He's only five foot ten. And we're yeah. not getting the crosses that are coming, you know, with consistency. Okay, Cam Pring's putting them in, and that's probably the best cross uh, Semenyo's done for uh, and his second goal. But, hmm, but those goals, I saw the goals that Naki scored, and as you say, it was only against a, a weak Hull team. But yeah. they were finishes with a aplomb. Um, you, you think we could see a Wells Viman? Partnership, even if it's only for part of a game, just to try something different. I think between the the three of them, you could perm any two. I think my my view, whether he knows right or wrong, doesn't really matter, is that I think we've got intelligent enough footballers on the pitch or in our squad that if we play (coughs) Wells and Wyman together, for example, they know there's no point just hitting long diagonals. You know because they're going to get eaten up by, by opposition center back. So you start to play slightly differently. And I, I think even in the Cardiff game, you know, we we did we did have to go a bit direct because that's how Cardiff make you play. And we had Chris Martin up there and he looked really, really well. But we saw from the goal that we could play differently as well. There's actually yeah. quite a nice little bit of build up in that as well. And I think if we do that more, then that plays into mm-hmm. Naki's strengths as well. you know that's a you know, centre backs in a championship are normally you know big ugly buggers, aren't they? You know, they don't like running around after centre forwards. And if you've yeah. got Wells and Viman running you around, it's not a very comfortable afternoon. You no. might you might think, oh, I hope they knock a few balls in the air because you know we'll, we'll we'll win those. But there comes a point you think, God, there's another channel he's making me run here. I don't want to run yeah. thirty yards back for that. And and that's that's how we need to adapt. I mean, we it. certainly got- Cardiff certainly look absolutely pooped at the end of it, Morrison yeah. and Flynn. You know, because yeah. we 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 gave them uh, we gave them one uh, one hell of a game. And then I mm. say so we're then left with you know if you like the fringe players and what have you. I mean, if somebody if somebody said you know as right, we got Chris Martin as the only big man, right? So do we go with Louis Britton, somebody from Rotherham for about one and a half million that was mooted. Uh, somebody on loan that was mooted was Ke- was Kenneth Zahor, which would have been uh, a lot of money for not a lot, or yeah. a Portuguese second division player. Did you go for those? Out of those four, personally, I would have said no. Let's stick with Lewis Britton, but he wasn't. He was named on the bench yesterday. Is his contract situation something that is not making him seem a natural? Choice for uh, uh, a, a natural substitute for Chris Martin. I, I think. I think it's. A, you could look at it two ways. I guess. I guess there's a there's probably a pecking order of of strikers, um, and then you can break that down into two. So you could say if we are desperate to play a big man up front, and Chris Martin isn't available, he's probably next in line. Yeah, but. If you think, well, actually, I think we'll be better off as a team playing different players out there. So, for example, you know, if Martin was injured, I would think his first choice would be to go Wells and Vyman, not to go Britain and Vyman. But you probably might bring Britain in on the bench for that. So I think there's different ways of of looking at it. You know, he's he's probably as a kind of technical striker he's probably behind Tommy Conway he's probably behind Sam Sam Bell you know I was going to say because yeah, it's interesting that that little uh, quintet of Janet Tower Pearson Conway and Bell Pearson's kept them all here they're not yeah. off on loan somewhere they're all going to be in contention and might get a seat on the match day if not every week then yeah. some weeks in rotation to keep them involved and in, and in, and in some some respects Dave you know they're their games that they got last season, and, and this this will probably come across wrong. So kind of take it for the kind of you know spirit's men. They they probably got some cheap appearances last season because they won a lot a lot else. Um, and and in fairness to them, them all, they all contributed. So you know fair play. I'm not am not you know dissing them at all. I'm, I'm I'm really I saw some really exciting things, but they probably got that that opportunity opportunity a little bit early and perhaps you know Nige would have would have would have liked them to do. But what we do have now is, they've showed they can come in and do it. Therefore, why, why try and sign someone for the sake of it, and and, and you know to stop their pathway? But also, I think there's a, an element of this is what championship football is all about. This is what being part of a championship squad's all about. Yeah, and you need to earn your place. And I, and I, I in a perverse way, I think going out of the cup where they might have been able to get some game time mm. is actually not a bad thing because I think it's going to show them this is how much harder you're going to have to work to try and get some game time in the first team now um, yeah. but we're going to have you in training with them, um, you play your under 23 games to get sharp and I'll have no hesitation in calling you up to the squad and if that means starting you, so be it because I think he's, you know, they've built that, that trust back as well in terms of they're capable; they're just not as good as the others yet. And I, and I think that's a pretty healthy position to be in. On, on Britain's contract, um, we exercised his option at the back end of last season, so he's in his final year now. Um, and I'm, I'd be amazed if we don't sit down and try and extend that at some point. He might decide, you know, well, I'm not getting my opportunities here. I think yesterday, in terms of being on the bench, was purely because Naki Wells needed some some minutes and. Unfortunately, a you know, first team gets the priority in my eyes. So I don't think there's much to read into that. I was chatting to one of the ex-analysts from the under 23s yesterday, and he was saying that they typically play Britain down the middle with, say, Conway or Bell either side of him. And yeah. I think they provide a bit of the legs as well for for Louis, and I think yeah, because he's one. a unit. He is a unit, isn't he? Mm. Yeah. <coughs> And He's yeah, not gonna be, but... I mean, Chris Martin, I think Nigel said in one of the interviews somewhere that one of the matches, Chris Pratt Martin did the quickest individual sprint of any player in in the game, which is a bit hard to believe anyway. But Louis mm. Britton, it's all about power from his perspective, isn't it? And you would argue that he's a, at this moment in his career, he's a he's a poor man's key for more. And I mean poor from an experience point of view. He's that yeah. he's got that sort of about him. I mean, and one, <laughs> one player <laughs> Sorry, typically, those they, sorry. Typically, those more target men players they tend to develop a bit a bit later once they you know like say you know grown into their body if that makes sense. Yeah. You know they and and you know age group level. Louis Britton's a, a bit of a beast, is not he? But um, playing against, let say, those big ugly centre backs is a different kettle of fish. Although when he came on against Brentford, he, he certainly didn't stand on ceremony, did he? He <coughs> whacked, you know, whacked certainly Ponser didn't. Jansen around first chance he got on a, and I think. That's what will work in his favour is that, you know, if we do need him to come into the squad, I don't think Nye's going to have any concerns about playing him. I think he's proved that, you know, he can handle it. And I think that's a good position to be in. And I think all of those youngsters have all shown the manager that they're capable if they're needed. We shouldn't need them that often, but if no. they are needed, and it's going. great because we've never been in that position the whole time. We've had the academy with that no. raft of people that are coming through. You talk about people growing into their bodies. I mean, he's uh, featured uh, uh, in the well, featured in the Cardiff game, Antoine Semenyo. What is it? Is he is he a player down the middle? Is he a player who plays down the flank with power? And he did prove on Saturday that he could cross the ball. Yeah. Um, you know, he's not in anybody's starting 11, really, is he? You know me, Dave. I don't do starting 11s, do I? I no, true. I, I, true. I, I, I'm very much of the opinion that it's a, a squad game. And I, and I think Antoine is a an automatic pick for the 18, probably yeah. nine times out of 10, you know, and he'll get his fair share of starts and he'll get his fair share of uh, sub appearances. And he's capable of contributing to the team like, you know, 17 others in there. So, yeah, I'd say i never, never won for picking a, a best yeah, 11 or anything like that. And I think he's just in the mix with 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 everyone else and he's, he's, he's good enough. He's got his strengths, he's got his weaknesses and, you know, it's about for him showing more of the kind of stuff he showed when he came on against Cardiff than when he came on against Swansea. But let's you know, let's not forget that yeah. Swansea was his first game back after a, a knee op, and uh, know, I think the expectations is, of fans absolutely is right way over the top. Yeah. Before we uh, look forward to the next batch of six games, which come up uh, before uh, the next international uh, break, and by the time we play those six, that's going to be a quarter of the season gone. Um, transfer window: um, the spending in the Championship was noticeable by its absence compared to certainly. Uh, or Two years ago, it would be now summer right. of uh, 2019. Um, but you look at some clubs that were out there, I mean, Reading, you know, transfer embargo, and they seem to be getting round it, not least with uh, Drinkwater, the Chelsea uh, ex Leicester midfielder. I mean, you know, they, they if they're only paying eight and a half grand a week, that's the sort of player that, um. I don't know whether he probably didn't actually. It was after Pearson, but uh, you know we could have done with somebody like Drinkwater for that sort of money in our midfield if we haven't got the, um, yeah. if we haven't got Yates and uh, King. What's what's going on up at Reading? How are they allowed to get away with it? I I honestly don't know. Can't can't work it out. As 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 peroted, Mr. Papadopoulos is is well on top of all this and he can't work it out. So you know, I'm buggering if, if I can understand how they how they're managing to do it. You know, I can only imagine they're in for a big fall at some point, but. Quite how they're, they're doing that just yet, I don't know. You know, because no, they've done the old stadium sell in the past as well. So yeah. I it beggars belief how they've managed to bring in some of these some of these players, or or why Chelsea maybe have shown them, you know, a preference. I, I think I think the loan system's broke. That's probably one for another day. But
1: yeah, it, um, it's, it's wrong.
0: City, Birmingham City. Did a few decent acquisitions, I think, through there. Although you call not actually not actually spending any money, though they they, they you know free transfers and, and loans. I think pretty much in Birmingham space, and they've gone, they've probably gone a bit, bit more like us, really, in terms of their recruitment. You know, and, and I think they've they've done a reasonable job, and I think that'll be a better site for yeah. it. You know, it's not earth shattering, but it's it's what I would call good, solid recruitment. Yeah, QPR got Andre Gray. I mean, that sort of yeah. You know, well, we were we were there. That's six years ago when we were last sniffing around yeah. there. So he's not the player he was any more than Nacky Wells was when we picked him up two years ago. Yeah, I, want to be I would imagine. Harsh. I would imagine that's the the Mark Warburton Brentford link there in terms of that he was the manager, course, wasn't he? Yes. Um, yes. So I would imagine that's that's it. hoping to rekindle some of that, you know, 2015-16 form before he went off to Burnley. But he, you know. Not that I watched much of Watford last season, but the the Andre Gray we saw from Watford last season wasn't the Andre Gray we saw in that season where he ripped us apart. So uh, you know we'll, we'll see. Warburton's a good manager, I think. He, I think QPR are QPR on sure the sides are going to be up there. Yeah, aren't they? Yeah. I, yeah, yeah, I'm not sure. I you know call them dark horse. I think they're a uh, you know. <laughs> I don't think it's any surprise that they'll be up there this season. Well, a good, I, good I said on the pod earlier, I mean, your you're, you're, um, you're Fulhams, your um, Bournemouth, Stoke, uh, but you know, I think that's two, three of the top three places there straight away. I probably missed another. West, West Brom there. And West, West Brom, Brom, There you go. Look, those four, I'd be very surprised if none of those are in the top six. Yeah, they could easily be. And then you're looking at a, a probably then a glutch of, I'll say, another 12 clubs, whether we're in that 12 remains to be seen, that we'll yeah. be chasing after after two places. I mean, if we drop down a division, because we have to just to keep that thing going, Lee Johnson seems to be doing, well, what he did for us, early season start for Sunderland up there. They seem to like him a bit more now. Um, yeah. Reason, you'd expect him to get that sort of start, but then... Down the road, well, down the road, like three hundred miles further down on the east side of the country, nineteen. Mark Ashton, you know, I saw him high fiving with the fans at a pre-season friendly on something. I must admit, to my dirty little secrets, is looking at both the Sunderland and Ipswich fans forums. But Mark Ashton, nineteen players signed. Yeah, not, and this isn't this isn't nineteen players with where you've got a mix of. Yeah, we've brought we've brought some experienced lads, and we've brought some mid-age ones, and we've brought some kids for the future. This is 19 bona fide first-team players. And and for me, if I was one of those players that was signed at the start of the window and have subsequently seen someone else come in, in my position, I think it's got all the hallmarks of a very unhappy dressing room happening. I think Paul Cook's got a real job on his hands to try and keep them Keep them all together. You know, they they took this Louis Barry kid from Aston Villa, um, you know, hot prospect. I don't see where he's going to get any game time because they've signed no. two other winners. You know, they signed a guy called um, what's his name, um, MK Dance. Can't think of what his name name is. Um, Scott something um, who plays in the kind of number ten right. And then they went and signed Connor Chaplin from yeah. from Barnsley. And you think Scott Fraser? That's the guy, signal. It just doesn't add up. It's it's scattergun. It. I've got to say, it, it's none. They're, they're all decent players, and if they gel, well, it's Sam gonna, Morsi it's gonna, is another one that uh, is a good player, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So you know what happens to Lee Evans who they sign? What happens to Tom Carroll they sign? What happens to Raheem Harper that they, bigger, they, they sign? People like. Pig. Well, I saw on the Ipswich forum somebody put they've got now two elevens of comparable ability and again how are they managing with well ffp and their wage bill in total yeah well ffp is a bit different in league one and two in fact i I posted earlier on this morning what what the rules are and although it's they're supposed to be 60 percent um turnover can be used in wages in league one and league two your owners can do donations as long as it's not increasing debt and it's actually just putting it straight in as equity. You can cover all of that off by owner donations. So whereas we always go, why do not Steve Lansdowne put £10 million in for a striker? In in our League 1 and 2, you can actually do that you via wages. That. You can So drive. that's what okay. they're doing. So they're basically taking advantage of the new owners they've got, the money they've got. And in some ways... A League One club, certainly a a traditional sleep, what you call a sleeping giant like Ips, which is probably quite an attractive investment in terms of, well, we can get them in the championship, no problem at all, because we can use the rules of putting money in to to get ourselves as as good a squad as we want. So they could put money, so these guys, they've put money, there's no doubt that they've put money in. Yeah. You know, they're a a club that if they were in, I mean, they're in the bottom four at the moment, but if they're in the top, for in in League One, they're going to get twenty five thousand every week anyway. There because they'll be on a run. So what they could yeah. do, they could actually put in thirty million quids of donation in it, so inject thirty million of cash and have that as a war chest ready to spend next year if they get up. Is that how it no, they, works? They, no, they wouldn't be able to do that. They can only use that to cover wages, so they can't do it for fees or anything like that. And once they go up they'll be banged by the same rules as, as what okay. we are so it's literally oh, a, yeah. a wages only so the, the, the thing that worries or don't worry me i am you know i quite like them to fall flat on their arse if i'm being being <laughs> honest but is what are they gonna do this season if they don't get promoted because yeah. this i would say this is the worst season to take that gamble in league one there are some really really good oh, sides God, i'd yeah. say i'd say the top of League One is probably better than the bottom of, of, of Championship in a, in, a, in a lot of cases. Yeah. you know, we, you've you've already talked about Sunderland, but you've got MK Dons have spent, Wigan have spent, Portsmouth not spent much, but they've built their squad. Um, who else have you got there? there? There's probably ten teams who I would say are realistic challenges for automatic promotion. Yeah, so that means that means four of them don't even get in the playoffs. So you know, and, and and Ipswich are now playing catch up. So it, it could yeah. it could go horribly wrong there. You know, but they have they have recruited some, well, some Paul 40 players. Paul, for Cook, that level. Paul Cook, you know, he'll he'll be he'll be the scapegoat if it goes wrong, because you can rest assured it won't be uh it won't be Mr. Ashton. And uh, no. I I would hazard a guess and say that the next manager of Ipswich Town will be uh Mr Appleton. Yeah, because he was angling for it here. And who's Appleton with now? Is he, is he still at Lincoln? Lincoln, yeah. So yeah. he'd be attracted. to Lincoln are in League One anyway, I think. Yes. Yeah, they're, they're one of the teams that probably... One of the teams, but I mean, you would be attracted to go to Ipswich from Lincoln. I don't think little Lee would go from Sutherland to Ipswich, but... Uh, Depends if, he, if he's in a job or not, isn't it? You know, I, 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 I think Johnson might once again be benefiting from not have been able to recruit too many during the summer they've had to kind of pare back quite a bit yeah and, and i think once again he's benefiting from maybe having a slightly smaller squad you know no different to yeah. what it was like here as yeah. soon as you give him too many options he wants to mess around doesn't he and uh, that's true no well and his best, best time at city was that autumn of 2017 when he had limited options and yeah you know and and no Famara our uh, Deju in there right just to. Wrap up, Dave. Let's look forward to the next uh, mm. six games. Very superficially, um, it, 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 and, and they come up in sequence: it's Preston at home, Luton in the midweek, QPR away on a Saturday, Fulham home on a Saturday, Millwall away midweek, and then Peterborough away uh, before the next international break. I mean, City—if their away form of being, if their home form had been their away form, and vice versa. Over the last three years, I don't think you'd have so many unhappy people about, oh, it's just been dreadful watching it. But we've got two home games coming up, back-to-back. Preston and Luton, wouldn't it be nice to just win two home games back-to-back? And in 55 years of watching City, (laughs) when it's been a Saturday, Tuesday, or Wednesday, or whatever, it hasn't happened that often, yeah? Because it's either great, disappointing, disappointing, great. Yeah, it'd be great to have two wins, but you'd hope to get maximum points in those two, wouldn't you? Uh, <laughs> I, I, I'd, I'd love to get maximum points from those two games. Um, reality says we probably won't. <laughs> um, I, and I, but I think I really hope we we win one of those one of those games. And that sounds massively negative. I think we just need to get that that home win to kind of kickstart us, but. I don't think I don't think Preston are a, are a great team, although they've they've won a couple on the they've trot. The they've won three in a row now. I think whether that's yeah, the Cup, or yeah, and, and, and Luton are a funny, funny side as, as well. So I, it, neither game will be easy. Would, no, would it surprise no me if we came are, away no a couple? Right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I had say you know we're talking before we went on air about you know predictions and. That the prediction league in, you'll know I'm kind of almost at the bottom at the moment because I've predicted the wrong result in, in every game so far. So, uh, yeah, probably, <laughs> probably the worst person to ask how we're going to do this. Although last season <coughs> quite well. So, uh, yeah. But, yeah. yeah, no, I... I so, OK, I just, so let's take those two home games. I'm saying... I'm saying three points and three points. I'm thinking you're saying more like one and three in no particular order. And it could even I, be one and one, couldn't it? Yeah, if, if we came out of it with four, I'd be... That would be good. I'd be pretty happy. Yeah. QPR away, um, they're they're shaping up well. Yeah, they've got a good manager. They've done some. They've got some good youngsters. They've bought yeah. a few. Uh, QPR away, never easy place to go. Loftus Road. I'm going for a very sneaky one point up there. That would be a tremendous result, wouldn't it? Yeah, but um yeah, I think anytime you take a point away from home, you, you yeah. you're, you're generally happy unless you know it's bottom of the league and there's that false expectation we should we should win. But yeah, Now, if we if we got a point in QPR, I think we'd be pretty satisfied. Yeah. Fulham at home, last time they were here was the last game before the pandemic. Yeah. Bobby Reed doing well for them at the moment. Yeah. Mitrovic, he's always gonna score goals <laughs> at that level. Uh no place in their starting lineup this season for uh, Joe Bryan. But uh, okay. yeah I've I've gone for uh I've gone for a, a, a single point at home to Fulham. Which you know, I think that would be a good result as well. Yes. Yeah, it would be. I think. Yeah, take if, you know, if we if we come through those first four games with six points, I think we're doing all right. You know, yeah. you, you and, might and, say, well, actually, for you, you've probably game. got eight points. You've probably got eight points down, which is yes, yeah. 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 So, six, eight, seven, or eight points from that be yeah. brilliant? Unbeaten from those, those would be good as well. You've then got the, uh, the 2 away games before the international break: Millwall away. Peterborough away. I've gone for I've gone for a defeat and a draw. But I mean, look, let's look at it this way. Those six games, I've said nine points. Yeah. Add those to the seven that we've got, and that's 16 points with a quarter of the season gone. That's 64, 66 points. That's yeah. last season apart, that's been Bristol City for five of the last six seasons, hasn't it? That sixties. Yeah. Yeah, I, I certainly see us being in that middle eight tier of the of the division. Um, which end of that eight, I, I don't know at this point. I'm, I'm encouraged by what I've seen so far, and I think you're right. If we get if we get somewhere around 16 points after 11 games, we've we made a reasonable start. We've probably put a few of the doubters to bed in terms of yeah. oh God, it's going to be a relegation battle. Let's not to say it won't be, but it will look it will look like we're moving in the right direction yeah. for that. Yeah? We might, we might. I mean, if you better. look at our performance yeah. though against Cardiff, we Cardiff are a method team, aren't they? They, they have a mm. style and we've outfoxed them and everything. I mean, let's say we get to the halfway stage of the season and we've got 32 points. Yeah. And six, 16, well, you know, the, what was it six? That would be 11, 22 games. That would be, yeah. We'll call it, let's call it, let's say we've got 30, 30. 34 points with half the season to go. Does that make it a different transfer window than if we're str- you know, if we were really struggling against relegation? Yeah, def- definitely. I think you're you're then starting to think actually there's a there's a potential for pushing on and, and nabbing a playoff spot. And I know we always get carried away by that, but you know, you only got to extrapolate 34 points out. Over the second half of the season, you've got sixty-eight points, and in in some years, seventy or low seventies has got a playoff. If I place, say I, seventy-five, I, you've only got to pick up seven more points in that yeah. second half if you do it like that. Yeah, yeah, and, it, and it's possible, and, and and I think we might be a team that can build momentum as well. So yeah. you know, we, 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 we'll see. I think it's, it's you know, never want to get too too far ahead of our, ourselves, but. We we don't look like a relegation battle team at the moment,
1: and uh, the spirit
0: the spirits look <coughs> well because Pearson drops in. Pearson drops in the old comment, doesn't he? Like I'm not a believer in collecting players. We've got rid. of the effect, we've got rid of some of the moaning minis that are there. The link between the fans and the players seem to be back. You know, after yeah. the Cardiff game again and Reading as well. Yeah, that that. You know, as you say, we don't want to get too excited, but something's building a little bit, it would seem. Yeah, I think so. I, th- I think that the beauty of him is that whenever I hear him talk, I think I understand exactly what he's saying. Maybe, you know, maybe I'm getting it wrong, but I don't think he's difficult to interpret. I think some fans won't like what they're hearing, you know, because they'll have wanted, someone, you know, wanted him to go out and buy a striker this week, and he hasn't done it. So they'll, they'll, yeah. they'll have, you know... They'll immediately say, you know, you know, that's not right.
1: Yeah. But I
0: think he's he sticks to his plan, and I think that's that's the, the best thing we've got. You know, recruitment over the summer. He said at the start, I want to I want to build my spine. I want a couple of centre backs. I want a couple of centre midfielders, and I want a striker to put the ball in the back of the net. And he hasn't been really able to get the striker to put the ball in the back of the net. Although maybe he's, he's idea sort of Environment and extension Vyman signing up. Yeah yeah so so in some respects he's he's done exactly what he said he's going to do and 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 I think that's a really strong thing for us because you know we know what's happened over previous years it's been scattered there's been no plan there's been no succession plan I talked to the start of this about George Tanner is probably taking that opportunity to succession plan now and you have got to look at George Tanner's pedigree because if if we design George Tanner now straight out of man united's under 23 teams You know, you'd think, oh, we've got an up-and-coming Man United youngster. He's got 40 games under his belt playing at a lower level, which can only have added to his experience. Just a final word, great that Paul Simpson's back after his uh, Mm. cancer scare. because you know, he brings something to the table. Curtis Fleming was here on a, I'll call it an interim contract. Um, He's a former teammate of Nigel's. You know, if you look at the backroom team now, you've got Curtis, Paul Simpson, Keith Downing, and Khalifa and Pat Mountain, I mean, do you think Pearson might argue for keeping Curtis Fleming on? Do you think he's made a difference as a proper defensive coach? Um, I, I don't know how much of a difference he's made. He's, he's pretty upfront and central in, the, in terms of being on the, the in the technical area, you know, barking orders like certainly when Nigel Pearson was up in the stands for his first few games. And I think, you know, once again, a little bit, OTT reaction oh I know we need Nigel Pearson down there in the I, maybe Nigel Pearson thought for the first two or three games of the season it was more beneficial for him to see whether the team were actually carrying out his plans so that he can tweak and things like that so but it wouldn't surprise me if he tries to keep Fleming I think you know you probably can't have too many coaches but I think with the youngsters that we've got that are you know Training with the first team all the time. There's probably an argument that says you might just want that extra body. You're not dealing with a, a small senior squad now. You're actually dealing with a an extended first team squad that includes a you know a group of half a dozen under twenty threes as well. I I, I don't know. I'm, a, I'm purely speculating, but I guess it would seem a shame to have got a guy in, of that experience. You know, once again, another person that Nigel Pearson knows can trust. You know, and it's not going to probably break the not, bank. On huge it wouldn't break wages, the bank, yeah. It wouldn't break the bank to keep him on, no, definitely. So it, yeah, let's, let's, let's see what happens on that. Yeah. So. Dave, it's been uh, great talking to have your uh, share of voice uninterrupted. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, you're always welcome when we do the live ones, but as people know, yeah. we're not doing so many live now that we're uh, yeah, back at, back at the uh, gate. Yeah. And maybe we'll, well, not maybe, you know, it'd be good to do this again in six games' time, in the next international break. See where we are, how it panned out. You know, we've got the squad now. We know what that's going to be. I don't see any free agents coming on like Andy Carroll, which some people were suggesting. You know, you wouldn't no. be surprised if Andy Carroll ended up at Ipswich. That would be a marriage made in heaven, him and Andy Rolls, <laughs> although they'd be renewing acquaintance because he was at uh, West Ham when he suffered all these injuries there. Sorry, memo to self. Mustn't keep going on about Ipswich and Mark Ashton he's um, in our head isn't he he's in our head we can't <laughs> shake him off <laughs> Dave great to uh, talk I'll uh, bid you farewell but uh, we'll uh, chat for a moment before let's just stop the recording here but uh, Dave Fence yes. thanks for your contribution to Forever thanks, podcast. this bonus non-swearing edition it's the 90th minute all your mates around you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go your mates already got booked for double dipping and you still the last nugget snatching all three points perfect Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? Our participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times delivery and time supply. See mcdonalds.com. Hold up. What was that?